The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Message Center Show. This is episode two, two, two. And we are here to help you plan for change. Mm-hmm. Prevent fix. Stay informed. And get super informed, right? Especially over we, and over and yes. over. And over and over and over. Those that are admins and have a phone with the admin, uh, Microsoft 365 admin app on it, you got notifications like crazy this past week yeah. on one update. It was it was fun. You know, Daniel, there's one method with uh, change management and communication, which is tell people, mm-hmm. then tell people again and tell people again, just to make sure they're aware that something is happening. <laughs> I felt well, quite aware of this message, which we'll talk about later. We are aware, most certainly. <laughs> uh, before we jump in, make sure you hit those that are watching live. Hit us, hit the thumbs up, give us a like uh, in LinkedIn, do a clap, whatever. Um, make sure you let us know that you are watching. If you're listening to the audio podcast, make sure you give us a follow there so you can get all the messages uh, and get uh, our wonderful banter of the Message Center show. Yeah. So this week, Daniel, uh, let's bring up those messages. Indeed. Beginning with this this one on... uh, this is a rules. fun one. Yeah. This is actually a fun one. This is quick create and rules for libraries. Ooh, MC301708. We've had the ability to, and this is Power BI quick create. We've had the ability to um, use the quick create uh, in Microsoft list for a while where you can go and visualize a Microsoft list in Power BI like create a report that's attached to that list. Well, now we're going to be able to do that in a library as well as have the, uh, there's actually multiple updates in this. There's going to be a quick chart part for document library. I'll talk about that in a second. And then notification rules uh, coming to libraries, not just lists. So this is rolling out early January, 2022 and expect the, the rollout to complete in late January. So uh, we've, I'm pretty sure we covered this, but when you go into the list, you can now go to the integrate Power BI and visualize this list and it will show you it. Mm. Power BI does this wonderful magic and takes your, your columns in your list and says, what is this information? I'm going to give you a nice little report page of insights that Power BI gives you. Well, we're getting that in the library as well. So if you are uh, using a document library and you have a lot of metadata attached to those documents, you're using a lot of columns for different dates and uh, values, whatever you're using, um, you're going to be able to visualize the library and have Power BI give you some insights Mm -hmm. into your data right there in the library. Now, same rules apply for licensing. So if you are not licensed for a paid subscription to Power BI Pro, then you're going to be able to visualize it, but you won't be able to save the report. You won't be able to publish that report to the list. 
nor will you be able to view other people's published reports to that list or library sorry um but uh, if you have a pro license which is you could have a standalone power bi pro license or you can have a e5 a microsoft 365 e5 which includes that then you'll be able to create that report visualize the the library and then publish it to the library so others can go who are appropriate licensed to see it and the next part of this is the quick chart part which has been around for a while but we can only point to a list so this is for a document library we're going to be able to point it to a document library again that has data points in columns and be able to use the quick chart web part to display it i i think quick chart is a a underutilized tool um it started off a bit rough i'll admit that and but because it it's the web part actually started off as a web part that you manually entered data in. It couldn't even point to a list. So, uh, but it has grown up and matured. It's so check that out for a library. And then notification rules. We're going to be able to create a rule like we can in list, but for libraries as well for getting on. This is actually for me, honestly, this <laughs> of the three things in this announcement yeah. is the bigger one because getting notifications about documents changing and all that that's wonderful and news or it, it gives a magic um uh update here because it's it just is like this special ooh, yay we can finally get this because we've been waiting for this um getting the notification rules so hopefully you can see i'm excited because i am or we'll hear that he's hopefully next month if you're on the audio yes. podcast yeah indeed audio listeners we love you uh next message is uh this is what you're talking about with overlaps wasn't daniel indeed yes okay microsoft teams pin your own video in teams meetings mc301680 uh you know how we can be in a meeting and we can pin anyone's video that's been displayed in the gallery daniel and we can either do it for ourselves so we can keep track of a particular speaker. Or if we are the meeting organizer or a presenter, we can pin and spotlight it for everyone. Uh, this is more about the former than the latter and being able to do that for your own video. So think of this, that um, at the moment, maybe your video, this is my experience anyway, maybe we've got a grid of nine people in the meeting and my video tends to overlay and cover the bottom right-hand corner. So I can't really eyeball that person's video because I'm over two-thirds of it. So this is uh, point number one. No more overlaying of the me video box. No, I just love this as throughout this message, it's it's me video. You know, I, I keep hearing this guy from Liverpool who says, my video's in the way and I want to see my video. Terrible accent, I'm sorry. But... You get the point. No more overlaying my video box over the other participant. Secondly, you will be able to see your own video in a bigger scale and adjust the video form. I guess that will help if you need to see your video and it's alongside content. You'll have a better view of oneself when presenting an object or using sign language. This is good. Um, but this last one, Daniel, is, is I, I want to hear your opinions on this one. I, I love the way you put this. Um, you will, 
enjoy a balanced view of me. Or, hang on, I will enjoy a balanced view of me <laughs> and other participants. My video is larger and no longer transmits an impression of less importance. Shall we have a look at this too as you talk about your opinions about this part of the message? Um, sure. Come on. I, so I will talk about number four here and then I'll go, go back. I think one, Okay. we could talk about a little bit about this whole, these screenshots and weirdness. All right. Uh, you want to go back all. to the message? Uh, no, 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 no. We could talk about it. Number four was, uh, you're going to be able to pin yourself. So your video is not small, uh, in comparison to others. Now these screenshots that they're showing in the message is sharing content as well. So it kind of is a different, I think it's a different animal because you mm. know, uh, the way it displays a video, but like Daryl was talking about before the grid and, um, overlaying, I, I, I don't understand this whole, why would you think you're less important just because your video is smaller? Um, don't you know that everyone else's video is smaller to themselves? I mean, it, mm. it's the same experience for everybody. I don't, I don't really get that. Um, well, as we pin it, so that's four. the view before we pin it. Yeah. Your, you and your video is over on the far right. And what we're seeing for those in the podcast is the gallery view along the top mm -hmm. of the content that's being presented. And once you have pinned it, notice the difference. Describe this for the podcast listeners. Stand. Yeah. So it, according to the screenshot, You've yes. pinned yourself and your video was on the right of the gallery view on top of this content that's being shared. Mm -hmm. And now it's been moved to the left mm -hmm. of the gallery. Okay. But also the screenshot, sh I think the proportions are, are either it's off or they really are doing this, but all the, mm. the videos are now taller and like there's a, they're taking up more space yep. because you pinned yourself on there. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it Daryl, maybe you could go um, for those that can watch, go back and forth a little bit here to see how it's smaller. And then the second screenshot shows that maybe the images are, I don't know, about uh, 30% more, maybe, uh, maybe yeah. more than that. So, um, so that's kind of weird. That's why I was talking about the, the oddness of these content. screenshots. It's, mm. It does. It pushes the content down. So I hope that's more of screenshot creation than it is uh, yeah, reality. Me but me too. But anyway, I, I so I can understand this whole Daryl, what you're talking about, overlaying yourself over someone yeah. else, so you're not being yeah. able to see them as much. I, yes, I agree with you. Um, being able to actually see people—that's that's the whole point of having <laughs> video, right? Yep. Um, yep. So I you know number three the sign language or you know any other kind of hey i'm, I'm checking to make sure nobody's in my background mm. i mean we're working from home or or even if we're in the office making sure there's nobody like you know picking their nose or something in my background you know while i'm speaking and everyone's sitting there cracking mm. up because they can you know things like that cool i i'm i think this is a good idea for sure definitely this, um, this so rollout, this rolling out. Yep. Daryl, early, yeah, because standard release early January, expected mm -hmm. complete early February. It's broken down into GCCs and mm -hmm. DODs as well. Um, GCC late January will be complete end of February. GCC high uh, will be starting mid February, expected end of March. DOD will be um, end of February, starting end of February and 
finished late March. Mid-March. Um, yep. Mid-March. Mid-March. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Another another message where they break out GCC and DoD, so that's great. Good. Love seeing that. Informative. Yeah. Yep. Um, our next message, Daniel, about... Uh, oh, this is the one. The one that caused us the grief. The one... Microsoft, I don't even know if I need to read this because you've already seen this message <laughs> hundreds of times. Microsoft OneDrive and SharePoint Library drop-down menu, MC301473. Indeed, this is the message that um, it's, I don't think it's the message fault. I think it was something wrong with the message center that was causing it. But um, this is indeed a different way of getting to your document library via OneDrive. Uh, so let's talk about that. Oh, well, let's talk about when it's rolling out. Targeted release will roll out early January to mid-January. Standard release to mid-January to early February. Right now, when you go to OneDrive, you can select a site, SharePoint site, okay? A team site. And when you do, if that site has multiple libraries, document libraries in it, you get to pick which document library you want to view. Just like mm -hmm. as Daryl is showing for the video podcast or video watchers here. Um, but basically it's just showing different libraries. And so when you say, oh, I want to go to this library, you click on it and you go to it. Well, what is changing now is that they are not going to give you the choice. You are going to, when you click on the site, it's going to automatically take you to the default document library, documents. It just, you're just going to land there. And to get to the other libraries in the site, there will be this fancy new drop down, which honestly is not very, it doesn't pop at me as being, hey, click here to get to the other libraries. It, mm. it really doesn't. So this will require some training for your users. Uh, you click on it and then you'll, it'll show the other libraries that are in the, uh, site and you'll be able to select one of the one you want to go to. So this has given us, um, it's not really an extra click. Well, it actually is an extra click because you have to click to make the drop down come and then select. So it's, um, I think it's giving a, a, a preference to obviously to the default library and probably because in this new modern age, um, a lot of sites only have that default library. Um, mm. I'm finding not all of them and maybe not even a majority, but, but a good, a good number of them. So this is also going to be the way you, when you're viewing libraries in SharePoint. So not just from the OneDrive. In fact, the screenshot that Daryl is showing that's in the message is the SharePoint site. So when you click on documents, of course, in the navigation, in the current navigation on the left, it takes you to the library and you'll have that drop down there uh, to select from to other libraries. So that it's useful that way because I don't have to go to, uh, I don't necessarily have to have it in the current navigation. I necessarily mm. don't have to have it or go to, you know, site contents, right? So well, it, it, um, it means that we don't have to, uh, if you see that there, documents mm -hmm. there's already a spec library that's in the navigation but it's now going to yeah. also be part of that experience yes within the but library. that that screenshot though is showing that 
uh, current navigation there where, like you said, spec library is there. But that's because when the library is created, the the yeah. person creating it said add it to navigation. But you don't necessarily have to. Mm. Right? So it may not be there. Um, so if you want to, uh, again, I think you will need to educate your users on this one yes. for sure. Daryl, yes, let's get Dan. to quick mentions. Yeah, let's, and we'll, we'll ramp that one up there too. So this is uh, interesting. Um, for those of us who do work with high-quality photos, uh, that's HVC photos, or also known as high-value controls. You wouldn't really know it from the acronym. Uh, but this, this message, Markup Inc. for editing HVC high-value control pictures. So you wouldn't get that from the title, would you? But let's get into it. MC301676. Um, we have the ability to ink up other photos and mark them up and draw circles and indicate various things and upload those photos and work on them from within OneDrive and SharePoint. Uh, but HVC photos have um, avoided or haven't been given this update up until now. So working with these uh, these photos that have got higher quality, uh, we can now scribble over and draw on them and, and indicate various things. And the picture that's in the message uh, to illustrate this is, uh, I guess it's a plan for where we want to put a pot plant on a desk. <laughs> nice. Yep. But it's good to see this uh, coming for for HVC photos. Uh, and, that, and that is an option you can choose when you're creating photos or taking photos in some of our modern devices. So this is rolling out um, targeted release customers early December. So now-ish, now, um, and complete by late December. Your message, Daniel? Important information about upcoming changes to Microsoft Power Apps Trial License Renewals, MC301226. So here's how trials work for Power Apps. If you don't have a license and you, what they say in the message, sufficient entitlement, if you don't have sufficient entitlement, and that is a term that is used in the uh, power platform world of not having a license, uh, the really not having the, the ability to run it, then you are presented with, hey, do you want to start a trial? And you mm -hmm. can do that. And when your trial runs out, guess what? You can just renew it to infinity. Like you just keep renewing it over and over and over again. Well, they're going to put a stop to that. So mid-January, you will only be able to have three trial periods. So your initial one, and then renew it twice. Um, it, you know, this says no action on your part, but I think you need to have some action. If your users are using these trial, uh, the trial um, periods over and over and over again, then you're gonna have to educate them and really understand, do they need a license? Mm. Um, or should they not be doing what they're doing? So just need to figure that out. Um, you, and there's PowerShell that you can use to see who has a trial license and be able to, you know, contact them. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we do have a callback, but nice. we can't show you the message ID. And that is our gripe for today. Our soapbox. This is, uh, um, something that some of us are starting to see in public preview. It is being able to add the Q&A app to a Teams meeting. 
so that we can have some moderated control of questions and answers and uh, not just throw it in the chat and struggle to read it as it streams up past us. But just a quick comment, um, it would be nice to see messages stay in the message center so we can go back and refer to them, not just for the show, but for those of us who want to go back and we've prepared people for it and we can go back and refer to some of those details, change managers especially. So I can't show you the message, but what I can show you is the thing in action. Let's do that. And we're going to a demo meeting. I actually am preparing a meeting, right? So I've I've got a, a conversation going with a couple of people who are coming to that meeting. I'm using the new uh, Microsoft Loop to organize Ooh. some notes. I know, it's fun. Um, but ahead of time, I'm also going to add a tab to the meeting so that we can have some questions and answers. So add the tab, find Q&A. It is currently at the top of that list because it does show optimized apps for meetings to begin with. So let's open up Q&A, add it to the meeting. And when we do have that added to the meeting, let's, uh, oh, I thought I could add it ahead of time. Yes, I can, here it goes. Should arrive, tickety tick, boom. Um, it is a bit like having chat along the side, but it is a more controlled experience. We actually used it within live events. You've got options to say, yes, new att attendees can ask new questions. They can respond to some of those questions. They have a threaded conversation with it. Uh, and this final choice, uh, when you make it, it's set in stone for the event, right? So if you intend to have a moderated experience of this, that means that questions that are asked will be visible to the presenter and the organizer, presenters and organizer of the meeting, and they have to either publish it so that it's visible to everyone, or they can dismiss them, or they can reply to them in private. So it's it's more about having a an environment where we as a team can choose what questions we want to ask and answer publicly and then we can manage the other ones privately. So that's moderation. So when you add that to the meeting then it will be the experience that they have um, uh, using it. Only event organizers can use it. Well of course <laughs> this meeting was organized by another another person um, in the team. But yes that's uh, available now and I do recommend using it, checking it out uh, as a way of capturing those questions, especially in like team meetings of sort of 20, 30, 50 or more. It's far better than dropping a question in the chat, which is often still streaming past with all of people's comments and questions and side remarks and jokes. Daniel, Indeed. do you see some, some use in this? For sure. For sure. You know, when we uh, are having meetings internally and mm. want that experience where you, especially they're big meetings, maybe it's a town hall or whatever, being able to have that experience where we can publish those questions and um, do some moderation, I think is very helpful. But even if you're not doing moderation, having that in a, in a situation where it's kind of that question answer um, uh, format, I think is very helpful. Yep. And it keep, keeps it all together so that um, you've got chat and then you've got mm -hmm. questions. Um, and I will say this, it is powered by Yammer. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't actually feed off to a known Yammer community. So that would be nice if we could um, go back and have a place where we can continue the conversation around the questions and answers. 
um, maybe that's a future thing, but it's nice to know that yeah. it's, uh, it's all about leveraging the platform and making the best use of what's available. But that is the show, sir. It is. I have two things. One, um, if you would please go ahead and I told you to thumbs up this video on YouTube, but go ahead and, and in honor of our wonderful uh, headbangers, those listening to rock and just really love, just go ahead and headbang that bell. And so you get a reminder for when we go live. And the other thing is I am in Las Vegas and I am at the Microsoft 365 collaboration conference. Woo! And um, I have stickers. So Yay. come see me and you will get a sticker. Or I actually have something else too. Not or, and as long as they last, I have uh, keychains with the logo. You've got keychains for yeah, our ma'am. show? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Ma- Did you say ma'am? Oh, my. No, man. Oh, I was man. like, yeah, yes, man. man. I was going to say. I was like, no, yeah, man. Yeah. So I've got keychains and stickers. Come see me. And go to his Indeed. session, too. He's probably got something good to say. Mm, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. You be the judge. Uh, well, I would like to be the judge, but... No, uh, not you. That I'm oh. talking about the people that... Okay. okay. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you for attending. Thank you for coming along. Um, and until episode double two three, see you again. Bye for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>